0: Genesis chapter 12 verses 1 to 3, the Lord had said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you, Matthew 28 verses 19 to 20. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, to the very end of the age. Acts chapter 13, verses 42 to 47. As Paul and Barnabas were leaving the synagogue, the people invited them to speak further about these things on the next Sabbath. When the congregation was dismissed, Many of the Jews and devout converts to Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas, who talked with them and urged them to continue in the grace of God. On the next Sabbath, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. When the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy. They began to contradict what Paul was saying and heaped abuse on him. Then Paul and Barnabas answered them boldly, "'We had to speak of the word of God to you first. Since you rejected and do not consider yourselves worthy of eternal life, we now turn to the Gentiles, for this is what the Lord has commanded us. I have made you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. The final reading is from Revelation chapter 7, verses 9 to 10. After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. This is the Word of God.
1: Thanks for sharing the Word with us, uh, Angie. Joining the reading team. It's all good. Better Together. I'm really enjoying this series because I think... God is helping us to understand the importance of what it means in so many ways to be joined to one another because of our Christian faith. Tonight we're going to celebrate the idea of diversity. We are better together in glorious diversity, in glorious diversity, but diversity has its challenges. We live in a world that is very diverse and there's a lot of conflict. That comes in a diverse world. So, Heavenly Father, as we want to look at the positive parts of being diverse, we also recognize, Lord, we live in a world that's not very good at it. We live in a world, instead of diversity, we see division, we see hostility, we see suspicion, and we actually see aggression. And so, Heavenly Father, help us to navigate what it means to be a diverse congregation of people Um, in all backgrounds in all ages and stages of life and to celebrate that and to be on the front foot of positivity when it comes to being gloriously diverse in Jesus name we pray Amen Trying to work out whether you'd actually heard of the black-eyed peas, and I couldn't work out how old you all were, nor could I work out when the black-eyed peas were famous or not. Anyway, I've heard of the black-eyed peas, so I've put this up here, right? And uh, now, I, how many people have heard of the black-eyed peas? Yeah, we're all good. Okay, hey, I hit it. There you go. I'm culturally aware. <laughs> black-eyed peas say, where's the love? Diversity can cause division. There's a great challenge before us. People killing, people dying, children hurting, I hear them crying. Can you practice what you're preaching? That's a great question for us as a church. Would you turn the other cheek again? Mama, 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 tell us what the hell is going on. Uh, Can we all just get along? Father, 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 help us. Send some guidance from above. Because people got me, got me questioning love. Where is the love is the key? Where is the love? Love is the answer. Where is the love? Love is the solution. Did I get it wrong? Did I get it wrong? Yeah, no, I'm going to wrap it. You asked for it. That was a visual. For those listening on the podcast, that was a visual joke where I got my notes and tried to wrap them up. Yeah. <laughs> so you cop that. Uh, and love is powerful. All right. So what does that all look like? What does that all look like? Uh, in a moment, we're going to go to our... Uh, just going to black that out. We're going to go to our references. So uh, grab your Bibles and your little phones and your little Duvalakis You've all got an app now on your phone, don't you? And you're getting really good at using it, aren't you? Yes. Yes. I get about two or three. I tend to use Bible Gateway and I tend to use a couple of others. We're at Genesis chapter 12. Some of us actually have a real Bible. It's amazing. Deb's old school but good school. Love it. Feel free to bring your Bible. We preach from it every week. There's a clue. Genesis chapter 12, 1 to 3. So what's happening here is God is calling Abram, who later became Abraham, he's calling out a people to be his particular people. And he's got a purpose for them. And right at the beginning of when he calls the first person to be the seed of the great nation of Israel, it wasn't for the nation of Israel's sake alone. There was a plan, a long-term global strategy that God had in place. When he called Abram way up out of the Middle East to move house, to take the the family and the possessions, God had a global plan of good news. And so we see right in the first part, the first book of the Bible, Genesis chapter 3, Abram, the Lord said to Abram, go to the country, go to your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you a great nation. So Abrams said, God has said to him, go, grab your family, grab the household, go to the land that I will show. I've got a plan. I'm going to make you a great nation and I will bless you and I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, but whoever curses you, I will curse. And this is the important part I want to emphasise for tonight. All the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So, God is calling out an individual and a family, but He has a plan. This is going to be the conduit in which the whole world is going to be blessed. This is going to be the one who receives the revelation, who seeds a nation of believers, which then goes global. Now, we fast forward into the New Testament. And Jesus has been uh, creating a new Israel. He's got 12 disciples, sort of like taking over from the 12 tribes in a sense. And what happens here is he's now, they've now reached the point that all the peoples of the earth are going to be blessed through the calling of God in this great historical faith in the God of the Bible. So now we're at Matthew chapter 28 verses 19 to 20. See how quick you can t- you look that up. Jesus is giving what is many people call the Great Commission. And people have said this, the Great Commission is the only mission of the church. The Great Commission is the only mission of the church. This is what we should be. This has died, so I'm going to pick up that. Yeah, you got me? Got you. You're gone? We're out there? Right, something went. Uh, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. baptize. Did you catch that? Did you see that? I went over it too quick. We need to stop there. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. So, this is the plan of God. So, Jesus, in this Jewish enclave, he said, I have only come to the, for the house of Israel. But now the game changes. This is the moment in time where the gospel goes global where it's not only going to be reserved for the Jewish people who've known the God of the Bible, but now it's going to be blown open that the good news is now going to spread like wildfire in radiating circles out from Jerusalem, then Samaria, and then to the ends of the earth. He tells them just to spread out and And go and share the good news. They've got to go and make disciples of all nations. So that's the major role of the church today. To get out there and make disciples. What happens? Well you obviously preach the gospel. So that people can be baptised in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Then we teach people to obey Jesus. Teaching them to obey everything that he has commanded us. And surely uh, I am with you to the very end of the age. So... From the time that Jesus commissioned his disciples to the very end of the age, this is the job of the church. We are to become disciples. You are to become a disciple of Jesus, a follower, a learner, an apprentice, and you need to be growing in your apprenticeship. Are you growing in your apprenticeship? Are you becoming more like Jesus? Are you becoming more skilled in ministering in your gifts? This is what God wants us to do, to become like Jesus in our behaviour, and our thinking and to serve him. Then we're going over to Acts chapter 13 and I open it up at verse 46, Acts chapter 13, verse 46. Paul and Barnabas are speaking to the Jewish people in the local synagogue, their local church, Jewish church, and they're meeting on the Sabbath, Ruth has shared about all of that, so they her church, which was Friday night at sundown to Saturday night sundown, that's the Jewish Sabbath. So the meeting on a Saturday. Uh, the church started meeting on a Sunday because it was Resurrection Sunday. So the emphasis changed. Anyway, they're not really listening, and crowds gathered. in fact, they're pushing back against. Um, against Paul and Barnabas. Verse 45 says, When the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy. They began to contradict what Paul was saying, and they heaped abuse on him. Uh, Then Paul and Barnabas answered to them, because God had already given a a calling for Paul's life to minister to the non-Jewish world. We had to speak the word of God to you first, because they're the covenant people of God, but now the whole covenant was being blown open to anyone who would believe since you reject it and do not consider yourselves worthy of eternal life we now turn ourselves to Gentiles what are Gentiles? Gentiles is anybody else but a Jew that's us you know unless you're Jewish we're Gentiles for this is what the Lord has commanded us to do I have made you a light for the Gentiles that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth this is the gospel of God the gospel of God is by nature diversity It is by nature inclusive. We are an expression in this church of the gospel of God, including all humanity, drawing all people. And then in Revelation chapter 7, it's got a glimpse of heaven. This is what heaven's going to look. There is unity in diversity, in glorious praise to God. Look at that. Revelation chapter 7, verse 9 and 10. Jump on it. After this I looked, this is a picture of heaven. After, I, uh, after this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count. Never let anyone at your door tell you it's 144,000. Wrong. That no one could count. From every nation, tribe, people, language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, they were wearing white robes, which means Victory and were holding palm branches in their hands and they cried out in a loud voice salvation belongs to our god who sits on the throne and to the lamb that is jesus and so their unity is in their salvation of jesus and that's a picture of heaven what we have here in our diverse beautiful church here is a foretaste of heaven And so in our glorious diversity, that's the picture of heaven. Every tribe, every nation, every people group gathered together because of their faith in Jesus and worshipping God forever. Forever. Uh, Let's uh, go on. Thank you, Mr. and Mrs. Black Eyed Peas. Uh, Desmond Tutu was a very famous um, archbishop in Africa. And the front cover of the news about it, if you checked it out online, uh, had a picture of him. But this is what he says our glorious diversity. Uh, we should celebrate difference. For Christians who believe they are created in the image of God, it is the Godhead diversity in unity, and there are three in oneness of God, which we all and all creation reflect it is this amago day which means image of god image of god's latin to that uh, to that invests each single one of us whatever our race gender education social or economic status infinite worth making us precious in god's sight that worth is intrinsic, that means the word intrinsic means within us, it's just in us, every single human being in this planet has intrinsic value, it's not extrinsic that has come, it is intrinsic to who we are, not dependent on anything external or extrinsic. Thus there can be no superior or inferior race, for all are equal, of equal worth, born equal in dignity and born free. And for this reason, deserving the respect of whatever our circum- external circumstances. Isn't that wonderful? So this is revolutionary. I've been using a couple of quotes lately that I, want to, that I think pick this. Racial diversity is the deliberate, glorious design of our creator God. Racial diversity is the deliberate, glorious design of our Creator God. Friends, that's the way we've got to view the world. That's the way when you see the SBS news, you've got to remember that. When you see people and the plights of people all over the world, you've got to say, these people are all equal, created in the image of God. And that's why the second quote is, the key to treating people equally is to see people as God sees them and treat them accordingly. And so no matter who we come across, we need to see people as God sees them. That's all we have to do. So it doesn't matter what who you come across. It doesn't matter uh, if they're on the phone, if they've been incarcerated and they're trying to make a life for themselves. They're equal. They're equal to the person that's on the phone to them. There is no difference. We need to see people as God sees them. If they're in a boat trying to make their way, if they're the up and out or the, uh, the down and out, it doesn't matter. When we see people begging on the street or driving around in learjets and all those kinds of things, it doesn't make a scrap of difference. Every single person is created equal in the image of God. When we start to see people as God sees them, how do, we need to ask ourselves, how does God see this person? How does God see this person? How does God view this person in this plight? This person living in this refugee camp, this person in this tent, this person trying to raise um, things, these people These uh, being Tibetan people without any kind of uh, allegiance, people not being allowed to go to their homeland and other parts of the world. How does God see people? He sees them as equal to anybody else. He sees them as equal to you. And the more we understand the equality of humanity and we see people as God sees them and we treat them accordingly, then we will end. Then we will end discrimination and racism and hatred and suspicion of other people. See, the gospel destroys racial, gender and social inequality. This is what the gospel does. This is pretty radical. So in Christ... Jesus, you are all children of God through faith, all part of the family, one faith, one father, one future. For you all have been baptised into Christ, have clothed yourself with Christ. That's our commonality. There is no Jew or non-Jew. There is no slave or free. There is no male or female. For you are all one in Christ. That's how God views the world. That's how God views us. And so we have a great challenge as a church. We have a very diverse community. And here's a picture of uh, Wednesdays. If you've not seen a Wednesday playgroup, there are 100 people uh, crammed into a hall. This is just a little section of them. Look at our wonderful, diverse community here. All these people coming uh, under the sway and influence of hearing and singing Christian songs and having a witness of people do that. There are over a hundred people on Wednesday morning in our lower hall that we gather and invite the community because we want to share Jesus with them. And so they come, they come in droves. In fact, we meant to have capped it at forty, but they've sort of like broken all the rules. And all the people that run the program are not hard-hearted and mean. You know, said to say, well, we're limited to 40 people because we can effectively work with 40 people. They're just like happy to see as many people as possible. And they're just like, come on in. Oh, we've got a waiting list, but you can come on in. They're just loving people way too much on Wednesday mornings, I can tell you that. And therefore, we've got this wonderful, diverse community because we see them as equal. We want them to know Jesus. The only mission is the Great Commission. All right, that's what, this is our community. God has placed this church in this season of radical change and development in our thing. We're here for a purpose. We're planted for a purpose. We've got to understand what God is calling this church to be in this great and wonderful community to ours. What does our community look like? We, I, well, a good, a good snapshot is you just go to Coles. Uh, you just go to Coles and you just walk, walk down the aisles and you see uh, people everywhere and you sort of, okay, we are radically diverse, but... I'm going to show you some statistics now straight off the government website from the last census that w- the makeup of the Epping area and the surrounding areas are not much different. The surrounding areas are not much different. This is common ancestries in Epping. The most common ancestries. There were some minor ones, but these are the ones that flagged as the biggest ones. And what I've done is I've emphasized two lots of figures there. Uh, The local area I've emphasised in black and the national average, the Australian national average, I've emphasised in a dark red. So when we're looking at our area, this is our area. This is the area that we're called in to love and to reach them for Jesus. And we are different. We're different to many other places. So these are the most common ancestries. The most common ancestry uh, in this area, guess what it is? What does it say? All right, we've got 31% of our area have a Chinese ancestry as we do in this congregation here tonight. The Australian average, when you look at that, is 3.9. Those people who say they have some sort of English ancestry, I'm very surprised. I don't understand the English and the Australian ancestry. Maybe it's second or third generation Australian. Maybe that's what I would perhaps say because my... Families have been here for a long time. Uh, English in our area here, thirteen point five percent, but nationally thirty-five percent. People who say Australian, not sure what that is, eleven point nine percent, but twenty-three point three percent. Korean, seven point nine percent in our area, but 04 of a percent nationally. And Indian, six point four percent in our area. And 2% nationally. So this is the wonderful, glorious, diverse suburb that God has called us to minister in. And that's why God is making us a wonderful and glorious, diverse church. huh? That's why we're here. That's why we're here in our diversity. Because God is calling our diversity to be effective. It's not effective. I tell you what, when I got here about 10 years ago, it wasn't this wonderful, joyous multicultural church that we've got here today how many people were back there then come on the few chucks, bring it to me Dan and I used to meet we go how do we get more people that reflect our church how many conversations do we have like that what can we do we used to bang our heads together didn't have any ideas but God has got a plan and got a hand on our church and we're doing great things and we're starting to reflect our community because it's when we can reflect our community that we can reach our community yeah be alive be alive out there folks this thing's got a laser pointer and it's going to be the amen, amen detector and those people aren't going to get Amen. They're going to get a little bit of laser light on them, I tell you. see that. You're going to get one of those on you. Hey, look at this. This is really interesting. This shows you how much is first gen, second gen. This is where your parents are born. Country of birth. Parents, father... Mother, these are the stated responses. Both parents born overseas, 69.9%. How many people here had both parents born overseas? Put your hand up straight. Right. Kind of looks like about 69.9%. <laughs> National average is 34.4. Father born overseas, 3.9. National average, 6.4. Mother born overseas, 3.1. We're talking about mother only. Father only, four point seven percent. Both parents born in Australia. Nineteen point nine percent of people that live in our area had both parents born in Australia, uh, but nationally it's forty-seven point three. Can you see? Can you see? what God has shaped us, how God has purposefully planted us. And so we see these statistics down here. What can we do about it? You think, okay, I want to get very practical now. I want to talk about steps that we can take to reach into our community and really get this on the ground and anchor it. So I want to talk about steps to crossing the cultural bridge to our community, steps to cross the cultural bridge. I did some research and condensed the most popular answers from numerous sites on what it meant to be effective in reaching various components of cultural difference in any society, not particularly Christian results, but these are the things that we need to do. Number one, we've always got to recognise, even though people might come from a different ethnicity, people might come from a different culture, We are all created equal in the eyes of God and when we understand that and treat people accordingly, that's the great starting point. Friends, we'll never understand people that are different to us unless we spend time with them. You just sort of look at them and wonder. We need to get an understanding of them. I had a Muslim guy come and install the antenna at the church house where I live. And uh, he said, "What do you do?" And I said, "I'm a Christian pastor. I run the local church." And I said, "Do you have do you have a belief?" He said, "I'm a Muslim." I said, "That's fat." I didn't go. Whoa! I thought this is fascinating. I said, "Do you read your Quran?" He said, "Yes." And I said, I read my Bible. I said, do you go to your local mosque? And he said, yes. And I said, what's it look like in your family? we have got this big chat going on. He's trying to do this work. I'm asking questions. I'm trying to understand. I'm trying to share who I am. I want to find out who he is. We want to do an interaction. I want to have a deep understanding. Because unless we build understanding with one another, we will have fear of one another. And so he probably thought, I wish this guy would shut up. I've got this work to do and I've got 10 other antennas. I keep talking to him and he's got to keep on downing tools and all this kind of stuff because the key to understanding, I deeply wanted to understand his life. And I wanted to make a great impression of Jesus. I wanted him to know that I was interested and I affirmed his values about how he was all about his family and his beautiful, large brood of kids and we need to be a learner as well as a sharer we can't go to people that are different to us and say well I've got it all and you're going to listen friends we've got so much to learn from each other how many people have learned a lot from people that are very different to yourselves how many people have done that We, we learn a lot we've got to understand when we're encountering people different to us that we've got just as much to learn as we have to share if not more And that means even if they don't know Jesus, you've still got a truckload to learn from people. But you have the best news of all. Ultimately, you've got the good news of Jesus Christ to share. But in the meantime, there's so much to learn, so much interesting things, so much cultural richness, even just cultural richness. Look for and celebrate common ground. That should be common ground, not common round. Look for and celebrate common ground. Oh, I've got my notes so round. i got it on spell check on this. That's good. And so we look for those things that we can say, yeah, that was cool. So we celebrated family. Me and the Muslim antenna guy, we talked about the richness of faith, the importance of our scriptures, and the importance of our families to us. We had common ground. Then we've got to ask ourselves, what can I actually do to show the love of God to this person? Is there some way that I can show that the love of Christ lives in me? Look for doorways to share Jesus. Look for those openings where I might bring a Jesus conversation up. Don't bring a religion conversation. Steer your way to Jesus. He's the most attractive thing in what we have to share. Trusting God to do his work because we can never get as far in a conversation or an interaction as we would like to. And we've just got to know that God is working out there and go on and on and on. And the last thing is something don't do. Don't add Western culture or church tradition to the gospel. And we have done that to our indigenous people here to great shame. Shame on the church. Shame on the church. Shame on the church. Because we tried to colonialize our indigenous people. Shame on the church. Instead of just bringing the good news of Jesus, we tried to make the Aboriginal people of our our little British people. Woeful, pathetic. The great news is just Jesus. It's just Jesus. We mustn't bring our cultures as if they've got something embedded in them that make them intrinsically worth adopting. And the church also. All the stuff that the church traditions that we have that are not necessarily about Jesus. Our good news is Jesus. So, that's how, there's some of the steps, 10 ways we can cross the cultural bridge to other people. And we need, you know, we need to actually move from fear to friendship. From fear to friendship. So, we started a point of fear where we're not quite sure. And I thought, oh, I've got a Muslim antenna guy here. What, how do I feel about that? Well, I thought, this is a great opportunity. I'm going to move it forward to friendliness and take it as far as I can. As I've said, we need to spend time with people. We need to have understanding. We need to have our... And when we do that, do you know what happens? Our unfounded fears disappear. We fear refugees because we've never had them at our dinner table. Yeah. We're just scared of anybody who comes by plane or boat. Until we know one. Until we've, we've broken bread with them. Until we love them. And somebody who's radically different to us from a different cultural background. It is, the, it is sharing in that way that when we have understanding and we have common things, our fears disappear. They just become seen as unfounded. What happens then is a the change happens with us. We become open and warm and welcoming. And we move towards friendship. And friendship is the relationship bridge on which the gospel best bridges. Friendship is the relationship bridge to which the gospel loves to cross into people's lives. So we need to be in relationship. We need to spend the time. We've got so much to learn. We're going to move into our prayer time now, but in our prayer time what we're going to do is we're going to apply this. I want you to think about your world right now. Who are some people, who is your community around you that God has planted you in? I'm not talking necessarily about your next door neighbours who lives in the flat or something around you, that might be the case, but who has God placed you around around your life so that you would, um, so that you feel that you could build a further relationship bridge with them, spend time with them, get the Great Commission and know that, that you've got the best news in the world. You just need to take some time, you need to build some bridges. You need to invest in them. You've got a lot to learn, heaps to share, and the great and the, the best of all, the good news of Jesus, and so that you can build that. I just want you to, to, to work out who they might be right now. Can you do that just in the quietness of your mind? Can you get two or three names in your own head right now? Who has God planted you next to at your uni, in your office, in your workplace, on the worksite, who has God placed you in your tute group? Who has God placed you in the business that you're working? Who has God placed you in the retail store that you're serving? Who has God put you near that you might be able to build a relationship bridge with and then cross that bridge and share the good news of Jesus? Where's the church, as you think about that, We're going to pray for our church as well. We're going to pray on two levels. Pray for us and pray for our church. You know, our church has always had an outward looking focus about people that don't know Jesus, you know, ministry across the ocean. And you might think, well, you know, that's a great emphasis, Larry. That's been a hallmark emphasis of your ministry. I didn't bring this to this church. I learned this from our church. When I got here, I found a group of people who were passionate that people overseas in Vanuatu, in Africa or wherever they might be, passionate about people overseas in Turkey with Alison, passionate that people overseas that don't know the gospel get exposed to the gospel. Do you know, I didn't bring that heart to this church. This heart was in this church and I have had a heart transplant from this church into my chest and so that now pumps within me that we've got to, yes, we've got to do our, our epping thing, we understand our community. Yes, you've got to be more effective, but yes, as a church, we're going to be committed to continue to go over and we are going to hear over the next month Starting very soon, Hannah's going to lead us through some thinking to show what it means that we can have a gl- continue to sharpen and affirm our global perspective on the good news of Jesus because God called Abram to be a blessing to the nations.